0: Welcome to the Water Margin Podcast, this is episode 13. Last time, we were introduced to Lin Chong, a drill instructor in the Imperial Guards who had befriended the monk Lu Zhishen. Then, we were introduced to Lin Chong's nemesis, a no-good little punk named Gao Yanei, who kept harassing his wife. Now normally, a dog like that would have been introduced to Lin Chong's fist, and that would be the end of that. But Gao Ya just so happened to be the adopted son of Marshal Gao Qiu, the former riffraff turned commander of the Imperial Guards, aka Lin Chong's boss. So Lin Chong was caught in a quandary. He was going to let the whole thing go, but Gao Ya just would not let up, and even got Lin Chong's best friend, Lu Qian, to go in on a scheme to lure Lin Chong's wife into a trap for Gao Yan'e to seduce her. Lin Chong showed up just in time to foil that scheme, but he was understandably pissed. In fact, he went looking for Lu Qian with a knife, but could not find the bastard. When Lin Chong came home, his wife tried to calm him down. I was not violated, she told him, So don't do anything reckless. But that beast Lu Qian, I treated him like a brother, and yet even he lied to me. Even if I can't catch that Gao Yanei, I will not let Lu Qian off the hook. Meanwhile, that rat Lu Qian was hiding in Marshal Gao's residence the whole time, and he did not dare to go home. Lin Chong waited outside Gao Qiu's residence for three straight days, but saw no sign of either Lu Qian or Gao Ya The servants standing outside the residence noticed the menacing look on his face, but no one dared to ask him what was wrong. On the fourth day, around lunchtime, Lu Shen came to pay Lin Chong a visit at his home. Why haven't I seen you in days? Lu Zhishen asked. I've been too busy to pay you a visit, Lin Chong said. Since you have come to my humble abode, we should have a few cups of wine, but I don't have anything prepared. How about we go out for some wine and diversion? So the two men went out and drank all day, and then they arranged to meet up again the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Every day, Lu Zhishen would come to take Lin Chong out to drink, and gradually, Lin Chong put his stabby urges on the back burner. Now, let's go check on that no-good Gao Yanei. He suffered quite a scare from his narrow escape the other day, and he became bedridden, but he did not dare to tell his adopted father Gao Qiu, so he just holed up in his room. When Lu Qian and Fu An, the guy who came up with the plot to seduce Lin Chong's wife, went to check on him, they saw that he was not looking well at all. Young master, why are you looking so dispirited? Lu Qian asked. (sighs) To be honest, it's all because of Lin Chong's wife, Gao Yan told him. Twice now, she got away from me, and I even suffered a terrible fright. My condition is getting worse. I'll be dead before long. Don't worry, the two sycophants told him. We will see to it that you get that woman. Her only way out would be if she hanged herself. While they were talking, the old steward also came in to check on Gao Yanei and saw how pitiful he looked. Lu Chen and Fu An now withdrew. When the old steward came back out, they called him over to a quiet corner and said, The only way to make the young master better is to tell Marshal Gao and have him kill Lin Chong so that the young master can have his wife. Otherwise, the young master is dead for sure. That's easy enough, the old steward said, I'll let the marshal know tonight. We already have a plan, the two men said, we are just waiting on word from you. So that night, the old steward went to see Gao Qiu and said, Lin Chong's wife is the cause of the young master's ailment. When did he see Lin Chong's wife, Gao Qiu asked? He saw her at the temple on the 28th day of last month. It has been a month since then," said the old steward, who then mentioned Lu Qian's suggestion for how to make Gao Yan'e feel better. "How can I kill the man just so my son can have his wife?" Gao Qiu said. "But then again, how can I lose my son on account of a mere Lin Chong? <sighs> what should I do?" Captain Lu and Fu An have an idea," the old steward told him. So Gao Qiu had the old steward summon the two men and told them, "If you two have an idea that can save my son, I will promote you." Lu Qian stepped forward and told Gao Qiu of his plan. And as the screen faded to black, Gao Qiu was marveling at what a great idea it was. One day, Lu Zhishen and Lin Chong went out drinking again. By now, Lin Chong had pretty much let the whole beef with Gao Yanei and Lu Qian fall by the wayside. He and Lu Zhishen were walking down a street when they passed a tall man. This guy wore a headscarf and a faded officer's robe. He carried in his hand a nice-looking broadsword that had a piece of straw tied to it, which was basically the Song Dynasty version of a for-sale sign. This man stood on the street and muttered to himself, (sighs) No one here recognizes a treasure. Pity my precious sword. Lin Chong paid the guy no mind. After all, peddlers of one kind or another walk the streets all the time. But as Lin Chong and Lu Zhishen kept on walking and talking, the man fell in behind them and said, a little louder this time, What a good sword, but pity no one recognizes its true worth. Lin Chong and Lu Zhishen kept on walking and turned into an alley. The man followed them and said, even louder this time, There's not a single man in the capital who knows weapons. Now that caught Lin Chong's attention. He turned around, and in that moment, the man unsheathed the broadsword which glimmered in the daylight. Let me see that, Lin Chong said. The man handed it over, and Lin Chong held it in his hand and looked it over with Lu Zhishen. It was indeed a superior weapon. In fact, it was so good that Lin Chong couldn't help but say, What a great sword! How much do you want? Now, if nothing else, that was a horrible way of opening a haggling session. The man told Lin Chong, I am asking for 3,000 strings of coins, but will settle for 2,000. It is worth 2,000, Lin Chong said, but you have not found any takers. If you'll do a 1,000, I'll take it. (sighs) I need money for an emergency, the man said. If you're serious about buying, then I'll take 500 off and let you have it for 1,500 strings of coins. I'll only take it for a (sighs) 1,000. I'm selling gold as scrap metal here, the man sighed. Fine, fine, but don't shortchange me. Deal struck, Lin Chong told the man to follow him home for payment, since nobody carries a thousand strings of coins around. Brother, Lin Chong said to Lu Jishen, wait for me at the tea house, I'll be back soon. No, I'll go home for now and meet up with you tomorrow, Lu Jishen said. So Lin Chong led the seller back to his home and gave him the money. Now, they may have haggled in units of strings of coins, but Lin Chong did not actually pull out a thousand strings of copper coins. That would actually be kind of ludicrous. Who would luck that around? Instead, he counted out the equivalent of the sale price in ounces of silver. As he paid the man, Lin Chong asked him, Where did you get this sword? It's a family heirloom, the man said, but my house has fallen on hard times, so I had no choice but to sell it. Who are your ancestors? I'm too embarrassed to mention their names, the man replied. So Lin Chong did not press him further, and the guy took his money and left. Lin Chong was now like a kid with a new toy, a new deadly pointy toy. He looked the sword over again and again, and kept saying, What a splendid sword! Marshal Gao has a precious sword in his residence, but he doesn't let others see it lightly. I have asked to see it several times, but he kept refusing. Now that I have this great sword, I should compare it with his to see whose is better. That night, he could not bear to let the sword out of his hand until he went to bed. The next morning, before dawn even cracked, he was up again and admiring his new acquisition. The next day, around mid-morning, Two lieutenants came to his home and called out to him from the door. Instructor Lin, we come bearing a message from Marshal Gao. He heard that you bought a good sword, and he wants to see it and compare it with his. He's waiting for you at his home. Which loose-lip gossip told him, Lin Chong muttered. But an order was an order, so he changed clothes, grabbed his new sword, and followed the two lieutenants. As they walked, he said to them, I don't think I've seen you at the marshal's residence before. Oh, we're new, they told him. So yeah, I think we can all tell that something wasn't quite adding up here. But Lin Chong did not have the benefit of a narrator telling him that there was a plot against him, so he just kept walking. Soon, they arrived at Gao Qiu's residence. When they entered the reception room, Lin Chong stopped. The marshal is waiting in the rear hall, the two lieutenants told him. So they walked on past the screen and entered the rear hall, but there was no sign of Gao Gaoqiu. Lin Chong now paused again. The marshal is waiting for you in the courtyard in the back, the lieutenant said. He told us to take you to him. So they went through a few more heavy doors and entered a courtyard lined on all sides by green railings. The lieutenants led Lin Chong to the entrance of a large hall and told him, Instructor, please wait here for a moment while we go notify the marshal. While the two lieutenants went inside, Lin Chong stood alone in front of the eaves of the porch. A long time passed, long enough to drink a cup of tea and still, the lieutenants had not come back out. Lin Chong was now getting a little suspicious, so he poked his head into the hall and looked, and he immediately froze. There, above the door, was a plaque that said, White Tiger Inner Sanctum. This is where the highest military matters are discussed, Lin Chong thought to himself with alarm. How can one come in here without reason? It's a breach of protocol. Just as he turned to leave, he heard footsteps as someone entered the hall. It was none other than Gao Qiu. Seeing his boss, Lin Chong quickly greeted him respectfully, holding out the sword with both hands. But he was in for a rude welcome. Lin Chong, how dare you come into the White Tiger Inner Sanctum without being summoned? Don't you know the law? Gao Qiu shouted sternly, and you're carrying a sword. Are you here to assassinate me? Someone told me that you were waiting outside my home with a knife a few days ago. You must be up to no good. Benefactor, Lin Chong said as he bowed. Two of your lieutenants summoned me here to show you my sword. So where are they? Gao Qiu scoffed. Benefactor, they had just gone into the hall. Nonsense! What lieutenant would dare to go into my hall? Guards, arrest him! As soon as Gao Qiu gave that order, twenty some men rushed in, seized Lin Chong and forced him to the ground like a tiger devouring helpless lambs. "You are a drill instructor, so you must know the law," Gao Qiu said angrily. "How dare you come into a restricted hall with a weapon to assassinate me?" Lin Chong cried out that he was innocent, which prompted Gao Qiu to ask then what are you doing here with a sharp sword, if not to kill me? How would I dare to come here without your summon, Lin Chong pleaded. The two lieutenants who went into the hall tricked me. Nonsense, Qiu said. What lieutenant? This scoundrel refuses to admit his guilt. He then ordered the guards, Take him to Kaifeng Prefecture, ask Prefect Tong to interrogate him closely, and get to the bottom of this, and then execute him. confiscate the sword as evidence. So the guards dragged Lin Chong to the Kaifeng Prefecture, which was basically the courthouse in the capital, where the prefect presided over cases as judge and jury. As it so happened, Prefect Teng was still on duty that day, so Gao Qiu's men brought Lin Chong into the prefect's hall and forced him to kneel. The prefect's secretary, relayed Gaoqiu's instructions and placed the confiscated sword in front of Lin Chong. Lin Chong, Prefect Teng said, you are a drill instructor, so why did you break the law and enter a restricted area with a weapon? That is a capital offense. Your honor, Lin Chong said, I have been framed. I may be a crude soldier, but I do know the law and would never dare to trespass. On the 28th day of last month, my wife and I went to a temple to offer incense and ran into Marshal Gao's son. He harassed my wife and I chased him away. Then, he had Captain Lu Qian lure me out and then sent Fu An to trick my wife to go to Lu Qian's home for Marshal Gao's son. I also broke that up and smashed up Lu Qian's home. There are people who can attest to both instances. A couple days ago, I bought this sword. Then, today, Marshal Gao sent two lieutenants to summon me, telling me that he wanted to have a look at the sword. So I followed them to the White Tiger Inner Sanctum. The two lieutenants entered the hall and disappeared. But then, the marshal came in and framed me. Please grant me justice, Your Honor. So, welcome once again to the morass that is the ancient Chinese justice system where occasionally you get justice, if you're lucky, but probably not when you're on the wrong end of a lawsuit brought by a powerful official who plays pickup ball with the emperor. After listening to Lin Chong's testimony, the prefect ordered that he be put in a kang, which was basically a large wooden board placed around a prisoner's neck, and sometimes the prisoner's hands would also be locked into holes in the board, so it's something like a Chinese version of the pillory. And Kangs came in different sizes and weights, and generally, the more severe the crime, the heavier the Kang a prisoner would get. So Lin Chong was placed in a Kang and then thrown into a jail cell. Once his family found out the bad news, they came to bring him food and to participate in the time-honored tradition of trying to grease the wheels of justice with bribes. Yep, Even the good guys did not hesitate to resort to bribes. That's how institutionally corrupt this justice system was. Lin Chong's father-in-law, who was himself a drill instructor, also came to push bribes and pull whatever strings he could to try to save his son-in-law. As it turns out, this was Lin Chong's lucky day. Or lucky-ish, I guess. In the prefecture, there was a scribe named Sun Ding Everyone called him Sun the Buddha because he was, get this, very fair-minded and kind and always trying to help people. You know, like a public servant ought to be. When he learned of what happened, he went to see the prefect and said, Lin Chong is innocent, you must help him. But Marshal Gao insists he has committed this crime and demands that he be found guilty of trespassing while armed with the intent to assassinate an official. How can I help him? Prefect Tung said. So this prefecture belongs to Marshal Gao, Knock the court? Sun Ding snarked. Nonsense, the prefect shot back. To which Sun Ding replied, Who does not know that Marshal Gao abuses his power and acts like a bully? There is nothing he and those in his family would not do. Whoever offends him in the slightest gets sent here. If he wants a man killed, we kill him. If he wants a man hacked to pieces, we do it for him. So how is this not his prefecture? Well then, how do you think we can go easy on Lin Chong? Prefect Hung asked. Judging by Lin Chong's testimony, he is innocent. It's just that we can't find those two lieutenants. Let's have him confess to accidentally trespassing while carrying a sword, give him 20 strokes on his back, tattoo his face, and exile him to a distant military district. After thinking it over, Prefect Teng agreed that this was the way to go, so he went to see Gao Qiu and told him that, hey, with Lin Chong's testimony, it's gonna be kind of tough to convict him for the crime that you accused him of, and for his part... Gao Qiu knew that he was in the wrong and pushing a flimsy case, so he okayed the prefect's suggestion. So the next day, the prefect held court. They removed the long kang that Lin Chong was wearing and gave him 20 strokes on his back with a bamboo rod. They then tattooed his face. Now, this was common practice in ancient China. Criminals would often have their punishment tattooed on their face, such as where they were being exiled. The idea was to brand you as a criminal in a very prominent way. In this case, Lin Chong's punishment was exile to a distant military penal colony in Changzhou. After that was tattooed on his face, they put him in a smaller kang that weighed 7.5 caddies, or just under 10 pounds. The kang was then sealed with an official piece of paper, The law decreed that the prisoner must wear the Kang for the entire journey to his exile destination, and the paper seal was there to indicate that no one had messed with the Kang along the way. But, as we'll see later on, laws on the books and actual practice were two very different things. All this done, the prefect now issued a deportation order and assigned two guards to escort Lin Chung to his destination. These two guards were named Dong Chao and Xue Ba. They received the official paperwork, collected Lin Chong, and headed out. Outside the prefecture hall, a crowd was waiting. Lin Chong's father-in-law, drill instructor Zhang, was there with some of his neighbors to see him off. They accompanied Lin Chong and his two escorts to a tavern by the foot of a bridge and sat down. Now this was also a time-honored custom, Sure, it was a chance to see an unfortunate loved one off, but more importantly, it was also the setting for buttering up the escorts to help ensure a smoother journey for said unfortunate loved one. As they sat, Lin Chong said, Thanks to scribe Sun Ding, they did not beat me too hard, so I can still walk. So yes, that is another case where how bad your punishment was could be totally up to whether someone liked you, or in some cases, how much silver you slipped into the right pockets. Lin Chong's father-in-law now told the waiter to prepare some food and wine for the two guards. After a few cups, he brought out some silver and gave it to them. Clasping his hands in a gesture of respect, Lin Chong said, Exalted father-in-law, I have been befallen by bad fortune and ran into that Gao Ya leading to this wrongful conviction. I have something to tell you. It has been three years since you generously gave me your daughter in marriage. She has never done anything to displease me, and even though we have yet to produce any children, we also have never quarreled. Now, having been struck by this calamity, I am being exiled to Cangzhou, and there is no telling if I will live or die. I am worried about my wife being left alone at home because Gao Yanei might try to force her to marry him. She is still young and should not lose her future on my account. This is my idea. No one is forcing me to do this. With our neighbors here as witnesses, I want to write an annulment of our marriage which will allow her to remarry, and I promise to not contest it. That way, I can be assured that she would not be harmed by Gao Ya His father-in-law was aghast upon hearing this. Lin Chong, he said, what kind of talk is that? You have just been unlucky. This calamity was not your doing. You are going to Cangzhou to dodge calamity. Sooner or later, heaven will have pity and let you come back and reunite with your wife. I still have some means. Tomorrow, I will go move my daughter to my house along with the maid Jin Er. No matter what, I can support her for a few years and will not let her out on the streets. Gao Yanei will not get to see her even if he wants to. Don't you worry, I will take care of everything. When you get to the Pinot Colony at Changzhou, I will send you letters and clothing. Don't get any foolish ideas, just go in peace. I am grateful for your good intentions, Lin Chong said, but I just won't feel right tying her down like this. Please have pity and consent to my wishes. That way, I would die in peace. But his father-in-law was not having it, and neither were his neighbors. Still, Lin Chong would not waver. If you do not oblige me, then even if I somehow make it back, I swear I will not reunite with my wife, he told them. (sighs) In that case, his father-in-law said, I will let you write that annulment, but I will not marry my daughter to anyone else. So they asked the waiter to send for a scribe and to buy a piece of paper. Lin Chong then dictated the following. Lin Chong, a drill instructor in the Imperial Guards, has been saddled with a serious crime and sentenced to exile in Changzhou his fate is uncertain his wife whose maiden name is Zhang is still young Lin Chong therefore wishes to annul their marriage and allow her to remarry and he will never contest it this is totally voluntary and not issued under compulsion in the event of any doubt this document shall serve as proof. Lin Chong then read the paper before signing his name under the date and adding his thumbprint. He was just about to give the annulment to his father-in-law when his wife rushed in wailing, followed by their maid, Jin Er, who was carrying a bundle of clothing. Lin Chong rose to his feet to take hold of his wife and said, My wife, I have something to say, and I have already informed your father. I was unlucky to suffer this calamity. With my exile to Changzhou, my fate is uncertain. I don't want to hold you back in the flower of your youth, so I have written a few words here. Please, do not wait for me. If you find a good man, marry him. Don't let me hold you down. When she heard this, Lady Lin wept even harder. Husband, I have not been tainted in the least. Why are you divorcing me? My wife, I do this for you. Otherwise, we will only hold each other back and you will suffer. Lady Lin's father now chimed in and told his daughter, My child, worry not. Even though Lin Chong wants to do this, I will never marry you to another man. Letting him do this allows him to go in peace. If he does not return, I will provide for you for the rest of your life so that you can remain faithful to him. Of course, none of this was helping. Lady Lin wept and wept until she collapsed and passed out. Lin Chong and her father helped her up and brought her back around, at which point she continued crying as Lin Chong gave the annulment paper to her father. Some of the women among the neighbors present now came forward to console Lady Lin and then escorted her home. Lin Chong's father-in-law now reminded him again, Go and try to come back. As for your wife, I will move her to my house tomorrow, where she shall wait to be reunited with you upon your return. Go and don't worry. If you find someone heading this way, be sure to send a letter. Lin Chong offered his thanks and bid his father-in-law and his neighbors farewell. He then carried his bundle and followed the two guards while everyone else went home. The two escorts now locked Lin Chong in a guardhouse and went home to collect their things for the journey. While one of them, Dong Chao, was packing, the waiter from the tavern on his street came by to say that a gentleman was waiting to meet him in the tavern. Who is it? Dong Chao asked. I don't know, he just told me to come invite you, the waiter answered. To see who this visitor was and what he wanted, tune in to the next episode of the Water Margin Podcast. Also on the next episode, we find out what Lin Chong's calm, level-headed friend Lu Zhishen thinks about all this. So join us next time. Thanks for listening.